Alexandra Quick and the World Away by Inverarity Read by Sam Gabriel Chapter 38 Champion Alexandra heard nothing more about the dwarves, and she didn't say anything more to Granny Monkey or anyone else about the Jimplicute hunt. She didn't know if it was a coincidence or not that Granny Monkey stopped sending her on errands and instead gave her more chores around the cottage, which allowed Alexandra more time to study but less opportunity to visit other hollers and pick up news or gossip. The week before Christmas, Alexandra received another owl from Julia. She still wasn't quite sure how owls could find her, but Inquisitors couldn't. My dearest sister, I am delighted to inform you that as of December 17th we are both aunties. Livia's son Nicholas Austin Far Pruitt was born at 8.47 a.m. Claudia went to visit her in Milwaukee and sent me pictures to relay to you via outpost. Alexandra read the rest of the letter with bittersweet feelings. Julia babbled about the baby and how she hoped Livia would let her visit soon. The photographs Claudia had taken showed a squalling, puffy, red-faced thing nestled in Livia's arms. Julia proclaimed their nephew adorable. Alexandra was sad she couldn't visit herself, though she'd never been around babies and wasn't sure if she'd get along with one. The reminder that the rest of the world was moving on without her put her in a melancholy mood. Granny Pritchard found her sitting on Granny Monkey's porch, holding Julia's letter with her face sunken and her shoulders slumped. Constance and forbearance and innocence are back home, Granny Pritchard said. They ain't a seeker to see you. Even you can pony yourself out of your doldrums and fix a proper bonnet on your head. Last time I visited them, I didn't wear a bonnet at all, Alexandra said. Granny Pritchard sniffed. Is that letter from your sister? Yes, Alexandra said. How did you know? So what do you think about going to stay with Angles? Alexandra's brow wrinkled. Granny Pritchard, seeing her confusion, said, Angles is what we call old colonials who settled in New England. Wait, what? Alexandra said. Why would I be going to New England? Granny Pritchard put her hands on her hips. Didn't you finish that letter? Still not sure how Granny Pritchard knew who her letter was from or what was in it, Alexandra quickly read through the rest of the scroll. Lots about Nicholas and Olivia and Claudia, not much about Julia's school year, tidings from Croatoa and Miss King and the King's Elves, gentle queries about Alexandra's doings in the Ozarks, and fortunately no mention of Burton until she came to the end. I know you've only met Lucilla and Drusilla once, but Mother and I have had many conversations with them since the possibility was first suggested, and they are positively lovely people, like all our sisters. So I hope you will give your deepest consideration to their offer, dear Alexandra. They make it with not inconsiderable risk to themselves, given the fraught political situation, but of course they are already accustomed to the hardships of being our grandfather's daughters, perhaps even more acutely than we are, which is probably why they so readily agreed to offer you an apprenticeship and a home out of reach of central territory. Then Alexandra saw the second, smaller roll of parchment, attached to Julia's letter and sealed with a small circle of wax, stamped with an owl. When she opened it, it fluttered out of her hands and unrolled itself in midair before her eyes, displaying a much briefer letter. She looked up. The Whites want me to go live with them? So I'm given to understand, Granny Pritchard said. But I'll still be wanted, Alexandra protested. I'll just be bringing trouble to them. If you're exiling me, stop being foolish, Granny Pritchard snapped. Ain't no one turning you out. Now go dress yourself decent, and Matt Beetle get things explained to you on the way to my grandson's house. I am dressed decently, Alexandra said. I've worn dresses and bonnets to make Granny Monkey happy while I run errands all over the five hollers, but if I'm going to meet my friends, I'll wear what I please. I'm a foreigner, and I'll dress like a foreigner. 
especially when you're clearly trying to get rid of me because I'm a foreigner. You are a wicked, troublesome, spiteful girl. You ought to be glad you ain't no kin of mine. They stared each other down for a moment, and then Granny Pritchard sighed. Come along, then. Are we going to apparate? Alexandra asked. Nope, Granny Pritchard said. And my boots ain't charred like yourn, and I ain't sitting on your broom. I came by mule. He'll carry us both. After saying goodbye to Granny Monkey, they went to the little yard outside, where the grass that showed through patches of snow was bluing with evening shadows. Granny Pritchard walked over to an ordinary-looking mule and said, You sit in front, I'll hold on to you. Alexandra patted the mule's nose, then swung a leg up in what she knew was, according to Ozarkers, a most unladylike fashion. This provoked a snort from Granny Pritchard. Once Alexandra was astride the mule, Granny Pritchard placed a hand on the mule's saddle, and with a surprising spryness, hopped on to sit side-saddle behind her. "'Ha, you ornery thing!' said Granny Pritchard. "'You talking to me or the mule?' Alexandra asked. Granny Pritchard's hand clutched her shoulder as the mule's hooves left the ground. Rising through a light curtain of snow, the mule turned toward the one place Alexandra had avoided for the past few weeks. The mule was slow, so Charlie was able to keep up easily. "'You recall as I schooled you some on the Confederation and its territories?' Granny Pritchard asked. "'Yes,' Alexandra said. "'You are currently wanted in Central Territory. "'You ain't officially a fugitive, "'seeing as how you weren't never convicted. "'But the governor still ordered you arrested on sight.' "'Same difference,' Alexandra said. "'Not quite. "'If you was an escaped felon, "'you'd be subject to extradition, as you said. "'Every territory will send fugitives back where they come from, "'but an arrest order only applies within the territory it was issued. "'Now, governors can ask other governors to honor their arrest orders. "'Most will.' And, of course, nearly every governor will do anything Governor General Huxtein asks. Of course, Alexandra said. The snow was getting heavier, but Granny Pritchard waved a hand, and the snow and cold air flowed around them. Can you teach me that spell? Alexandra asked. Pay more attention when Granny Monkey sits you to your chores and you'd learn a piece, Granny Pritchard said. As I was saying, most governors will do as the governor of Central Territory and the governor general asks. But not Ozarkers, Alexandra said. Nope. "'Nor the governor of New England, because Angles has always been an ornery bunch. "'We've never had no love for them, nor they for us, not even back in the old world. "'But we ins both held the Ministry of Magic in contempt, albeit for different reasons.'" Confederation politics and Granny Pritchard's surprisingly detailed knowledge of them would normally have been of greater interest to Alexandra. But as she saw a familiar hill with a muggle highway curling around it, an indication that furthest holler and the Pritchard's home was not far beyond, she asked, "'What are you saying? New England won't extradite me, and the Governor-General has no power there?' "'Oh, the Governor-General is a powerful man,' Granny Pritchard said. "'Hain't nowhere in the Confederation where he hain't got power. "'But the Angles' Governor is nearly as mulish as we when it comes to being pushed around by outsiders.' "'What about Special Inquisitors?' Alexandra asked. "'The Angels still have authority in any territory. "'But since the Governor-General hain't declared you an enemy of the Confederation, "'it's right provoking to folks when Inquisitors snatch someone without a warrant,' in a territory where the governor hated Vatidum. "'How do you know all this legal stuff?' Alexandra asked. "'We ins can read, missy,' the granny said. "'And as isolated and backwards as you may think we are, some of us find it needful to regard the world outside your home.' "'I don't think you're backwards,' Alexandra said. The mule began to descend toward a familiar homestead. The snow was falling heavily now, but three figures waited in the tiny half-circle of light cast in front of the Pritchard's house, pressed close together beneath the heavy coats they donned over their dresses and bonnets. Charlie caught a greeting, and the three of them turned their faces upward. 
Constance, forbearance, and innocence all waiting for her. Granny Pritchard, called Constance. Right, and her, Alexandra thought. Alexandra, called Innocence. Hello, Charlie, forbearance said, as the raven swooped low and landed beneath the eaves over the porch. When they settled on the ground, Alexandra waited until Granny Pritchard slipped off the mule and then dismounted herself. She put an arm around Innocence, who was the first to hug her. I never reckoned you'd be a genuine fugitive, Innocence said. Really? Everyone else seemed to think it was inevitable, said Alexandra. Constance and forbearance traded places with her younger sister and embraced Alexandra. Williams missed you terrible, Constance said. Williams was so feared for you, forbearance said. I missed you too, said Alexandra. You gals gonna stand out in the snow gabbing like beasts too dumb to know where to come in, boomed a voice from the porch. You're a right blackguard, Burton, said Constance. Who you calling a beast, boy? Granny Pritchard's voice was icier than the weather. Burton immediately took his hat off. Beg your pardon, Granny Pritchard, I didn't see you there. You'd have known I'd come with Miss Quick if you had a lick of sense, Granny Pritchard said. Now let's all come in out of the weather. It's chilling my old bones. Burton, you'll take care of it picked, won't you? Yes'm, said Burton. Five females ascended the wooden steps and walked past Burton. His sister stared past him, stiff and indignant. His cocky grin faded beneath Granny Pritchard's gaze, and he barely glanced at Alexandra. Charlie hopped onto Alexandra's shoulder, then took up a perch just inside the threshold above the door. Big fat jerk, the raven said. Mr. and Mrs. Pritchard were clearly uneasy with Alexandra's presence. She couldn't blame them. She thanked them for the food they offered, and tried not to pepper Constance, forbearance, and innocence with a hundred questions about school and Anna and David and Sonia. She initially tried to avoid Burton's gaze, then decided she wasn't going to act like a silly girl as if she'd done something wrong. So she stared directly at him, until she worried she was being too obvious, and then she ignored him except for when she studied him out of the corner of her eye. As far as she could tell, he was doing the same thing, alternately ignoring her and staring blankly back at her. Sometimes she thought the two of them must have been obvious to everyone else in the room. By the end of dinner, Alexandra realized she'd spent so much time worrying about how to act around Burton that she'd barely paid attention to the conversation. Granny Pritchard finally drew it back to her. Has Miss Quick told you all about her litter? Everyone else looked expectantly at her. Alexandra cleared her throat. My sisters, Lucilla and Drusilla, I mean, have invited me to come stay with them. I guess I'd be their apprentice. Oh, said Constance. Well, said Forbearance. Do you want to go? asked Innocence. I don't know. I mean, sure, it would be good to... Alexandra wasn't sure what she wanted. She started to say she was worried that she'd be bringing trouble to them and realized that would imply she was okay with keeping trouble here in the Ozarks. She sighed. I don't really know them. We've only met once, and I'm still not sure how Confederation law works. I've been worried the whole time I'm here that the Inquisitors would show up and take me back to Erie Island, and I don't know what will stop them from just showing up at Lucilla and Drusilla's house. Granny Pritchard set her fork down and pushed her plate away. You might have noticed they ain't come to snatch you whilst you was here. I have noticed that, Alexandra said. "'Consider how it makes the Governor-General look,' Granny Pritchard said. "'All that effort to take in one little girl who had a tantrum makes the mighty Confederation look awful weak.' "'One girl who's the daughter of the enemy of the Confederation,' Alexandra said. She wanted to add more about her tantrum, but noticing how the mention of her father made Mr. and Mrs. Pritchard's lips tighten, she let it drop. She was surprised they hadn't kicked her out already. "'The decision's yours,' Granny Pritchard said with a shrug. Granny Mongey'll let you bat with her as long as it pleases you, and Williams ain't never going to turn you out of the five hollers 
long as you behave yourself. Burton made a sound at the back of his throat. Alexandra's eyes flickered in his direction and narrowed. You'll stay at least through the holidays, won't you? Constance asked. I haven't even answered the letter yet, Alexandra said. I don't know when they expect me to come if I do come. She looked at her friends, who wore their bonnets even at the family supper table. Innocence grinned at her. Yeah, I'd like to stay while you're here. After dinner, she walked with Constance, Forbearance, and Innocence in the woods behind their house, making the Ozarks beautiful and wintry. The Pritchards spoke of Charmbridge and their classes, mentioning several times how much Alexandra's other friends missed her. I reckon even Larry Albo misses having you to tussle with, Innocence said. I doubt that, Alexandra said. He's in training for the junior wizarding decathlon. Dean Grimm is sending a few students to New Amsterdam with him, Forbearance said. Larry's friends, I reckon, said Innocence. I have to figure out how to get there, Alexandra said. The sisters all tilted their heads to regard her with some surprise, as they stepped lightly over the thin crust of snow surrounding the house. What for? Constance asked. Alexandra said, I need to do something there. Is this something else you ain't gonna tell us about? Constance chided. Ain't you kept enough secrets from us, Alex? Not enough, and too many, Alexandra thought, bowing her head. It has to do with um, what we talked about before, with Julia. Oh, you mean one of those things you don't want to tell me about, Innocence said, sticking her lower lip out. Alexandra put a hand on the younger girl's shoulder. That's right, now let it go, seriously. Innocence looked at Alexandra, opened her mouth, and closed it again. They were quiet a while. Then Alexandra said, I did have an idea, but it's probably crazy. Oh dear, said Forbearance. Let's hear it, Innocence said. Alexandra said, I've been named, right? Like, according to your folks, I actually am troublesome. That's so, said Constance. So doesn't that technically make me an Ozarker? According to the stars above, you surely are, said Forbearance. Alex, said Constance, you ain't conceiving what I think you are. As an independent culture, you Ozarkers can nominate anyone you like as your champion to the junior wizarding decathlon, Alexandra said. Constance said, that's, that's... It's ingenious, exclaimed Innocence. It's unprecedented, said Forbearance. It's crazy, Alexandra said. But it can't hurt to ask. Constance said, We in Saint never sent a champion to any confederation games. Not the Wizarding Decathlon, nor the Junior Wizarding Decathlon, nor the National Potioneers Championship, nor the Confederation Games, nor even the World Series of Whist. There's some grannies might like to attend the World Series of Whist, if and we ever condescended to participate at all in confederation events, Forbearance said. It'd take some cajolery, said Constance. Even if it works, how do you reckon you can go to New Amsterdam being a fugitive? Innocence asked. I'm only a fugitive in Central Territory, if what Granny Pritchard told me is true. I mean, nothing stops the Office of Special Inquisitions from making me disappear, but they could do that here if they really wanted to. Alexandra Quick as Ozarker champion, said Forbearance. My stars and garters. That is the most bodacious thing I ever heard, said Innocence. I bet you can win, too. Maybe, Alexandra smiled. But who can nominate me as the Ozarker champion? The grannies? Not officially, said Constance. But it's where we and Zolder start, said Forbearance. The twins nodded in unison. Two weeks later, Alexandra stood in the gravel parking lot behind the A&W. She adjusted her pack, checked her gloves and boots, and adjusted her wool scarf tying it so it wouldn't fly away as she ran. It was the middle of January, and snow still blanketed the Ozarks. Constance, Forbearance, and Innocence stood with her at this boundary between their holler 
and the Muggle world. Granny Pritchard had come with them, all of them riding on mules. Granny Pritchard stood at the edge of the woods with the mules, allowing the girls a semblance of privacy, though Alexandra had no doubt that Granny could hear everything they said. Alexandra spoke first. Guess it's my time to say goodbye. Again. We ain't to see you again, Constance said. Maybe in New Amsterdam, Innocent said. Forbearance shook her head. Dingram ain't gonna let us go to New Amsterdam, and Paul surely wouldn't. It's probably for the best, Alexandra said. Innocent stuck out her lower lip. I owe you so much, Alexandra said. For everything. You got the grannies to listen to me. Your family let me stay with them, and you've put up with me being... Troublesome, Forbearance said. I wish everyone didn't expect me to be like Troublesome, Alexandra said. Those are just stories. Ozarker girls have been named Troublesome before, right? They didn't all spell the little people and churn the hill folk, said Innocence. Catch a thren and kill an underwater panther, said Forbearance. Or seduce our brother, said Constance. And suddenly there was no humor in her expression. Alexandra's eyes went wide. Oh my God, you knew? She looked over their shoulders and glared at Granny Pritchard. She told you! Constance and Forbearance shook their heads. No one told us, Alex, Constance said. Forbearance said, Boys talk. Constance said, They gossip. Innocence said, They answer horrible braggarts and Burton worst of all. Alexandra felt heat rising from her despite the winter chill. So much for I ain't gonna ruin your reputation, she said bitterly. I don't reckon he meant to, Forbearance said. Her cheeks burned brighter than Alexandra's as she spoke. He's been bragging to the five howlers about slaying a jimplicute. Oh, Alexandra said. Oh, that's ironic. But he didn't exactly boast about your part, Constance said, also blushing. But it did come up. And that led to what you'd done to the dwarves. You might have told us about that, Alex, said Forbearance. I didn't realize, Alexandra said unhappily. Not everything at the time. The Pritchards exchanged glances. Then Constance went on. Anyhow, I reckon Noah teased the rest out of Burton, and, well, then it come out that he, um, bedded troublesome. Great, Alexandra said. I guess now I'm the biggest slut in the five hollers. Everyone's face was red now. Well, he said up to you, I reckon, said Forbearance. Neither of you done anything you didn't both want to do, so he's certainly responsible as much as you. More, said Constance, pursing her lips. He ought to have known better. And with our friend! Alexandra looked away. Anyhow, said Innocence, everyone knows Charity Harper is the biggest- Innocence! Constance and Forbearance said together. I- Alexandra started to apologize, then faced them. I am sorry for any embarrassment I caused you, and I am sorry if you think less of me now. But you're right. Neither of us did anything we didn't both want to do. The three sisters stared back at her with their bright blue eyes. Well then, said Constance. Weeds don't think less of you, Alex, said Innocence, though weeds might not fancy your choices, Constance said. Alexandra hung her head. But you surely are troublesome, Forbearance said, and there was something particularly sad in the way she said it. All three girls embraced her. Be careful, Constance said. Be well, Forbearance said. Lick em good at the decathlon, Innocence said. Show them furriners, Alexandra laughed. I'm only an Ozarker on a technicality. We all know I'm still a foreigner. I reckon that makes you the first Ozarker foreigner ever, Granny Pritchard said. She had walked forward to join them, leading the mules with her, and the other Pritchards quietly stepped back. The old woman fixed Alexandra with her gimlet stare. 
"'You have surely lived up to your name,' she said. "'I expect you ain't half done.' "'I expect I hain't,' Alexandra replied evenly. "'You just remember what you promised. "'This ain't all about you and your personal preoccupations, Missy.' "'I know what I promised,' Alexandra said. "'And you know I have to live to keep it.' Her proposal to the grannies, and their petition to whoever made decisions in the five hollers, the patriarchs of the five families, she supposed, had ended in vague promises from both sides. She could open the cracks in the world, but they never lasted long. She didn't know if the Ozarkers meant to go to some specific world away, and she certainly didn't know how she could hold open the way long enough for every Ozarker in the five hollers to pass through. She felt like they just expected her to fulfill her part because of her name, and she had no idea what was going on between the Exodens and the Steadfasters, nor the disposition of the Hill Dwarfs. None of them, not even the Pritchards, would talk to her about discussions that were only between Ozarkers. Granny Pritchard gave her a rueful smile. Her voice softened. For what it amounts to, I would prefer you alive to dead, and I suspect Granny Monkey's becoming that fond of you as well. So try to avoid getting into more trouble than you can extricate yourself from. It would make my great-grandchildren rat melancholy. Thank you, Alexandra said. Her voice lost its sarcastic edge. I will try. But you know, trouble seems to come to me whatever I do. She shrugged. I really will try to avoid inviting more. It was pointless to say this, and they all knew it. There was no way to accomplish any of the things she aimed to do and not run into trouble. But it made her friends feel better if she told them she was going to be careful. She set off down the highway, and only when she was out of sight and no muggle cars were visible on the road did she leap forward, letting her boots carry her halfway to the next bend with one step, around the bend with the next. She moved in bursts of speed, stepping into the woods when a car appeared. Once she was alone again except for Charlie, she emerged and resumed her trek to town, where she could catch a bus to New England. End of chapter 38 For the full text of this and other stories, as well as news and updates about Alexandra Quick, visit inverarity.livejournal.com. For more information about this podcast, visit samgabrielvo.com slash alexandraquick. I am also easy to find on the Alexandra Quick subreddit and Discord server, where you can hear me record episodes live. Troublesome, composed by Dr. James Benighoff. Charmbridge, composed and performed by Tyler Parsons. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes or whichever podcast service you prefer. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.